So, last week we talked about half of this, about setting your mind on things above. We, we looked in Colossians chapter 3 verse 2, and it just simply told us to set your mind on things above, not things down here on the earth. And if you were not here, last week we had, we had a whole row of people, just like this person right here, that wore all kind of hats, they represented all kind of things in the world that we all just go head over, head over heels about and we just, um, we're caught up in it and everything from the money scene to the popularity scene to, uh, you know, anxiety, drugs, all those things we talked about, depression, we get caught up in whatever's going on and, and the Bible says, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And part of the, the solution last week was to, to set our minds, get it, get it out of the world, because the world's down here, and God wants us to have our mind up here. Because there's a lot of good stuff going on in heavenly places, and I'll talk about that. But I, I told you about two scriptures in the book of Isaiah last week. Uh, one is Isaiah 43. And it said, don't remember the former things. Do y'all remember? <laughs> y'all remember that? Okay, that's still true. Don't remember the former things. Because one of the temptations, once you set your mind on things above, you're always going to have people and stuff, demands pulling at you and all that. But one of the things, when you set your mind on things above right here, um, there's going to be that overwhelming temptation and draw at times to make you think, about last week, last year, yesteryear, yesterday, all these kinds of things. And, and Isaiah said, don't, don't remember the former things. Don't even consider the things of old. And he went on to say in the very next scripture, and this is a prayer scripture when we have prayer at the end of every month. It says, behold, I will do a new thing. That's why you don't want to remember the old things. You don't want to think about yesterday because the new thing is so much bigger than the old thing. Do y'all get that? I hope I'm not being so wordy that it's, man, hush and tell us something, okay? He says, but behold, I will do a new thing, and shall it not spring forth? Because if God says it, you, you know, that's more than money in the bank. He's going to do it. He says, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, and I'll make rivers in the desert. So the bad places, the dry places, God said he would do it. And today what I, what I want to do, I want to kind of take you to th through three, well, four. Four reasons why I need to set my mind on things above. And I know I said that last week, but I didn't say this, and keep it there. Okay? I want to, to tell you that you can get it here, but keeping it here, are y'all ready, is a daily, everybody say daily, it's a daily job, because the devil's always trying to get in your mind, daily. So, the reason I need to keep my mind, and, and you have to be intentional about it. I have to keep my mind here, and by the way, for the first time in a long time, 
If you don't take notes on that, you can take it on the back of the, the bulletin, the worship guide, whatever. There's room to take. I need to do it because, number one, the struggle is real to do this. And, 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 and it really is real. Not the place is real, but it is real, the struggle. The Bible, I'm going to point out a couple of passages in the book of Romans 7, okay? The first one is, to kind of help you understand this, is Paul said, for I know, now a lot of you, before I say anything else, if you're not familiar with Paul's writings in the book of Romans, okay, here's a disclaimer. Listen to everything. Don't just listen to part of this, okay? Paul was so transparent, sometimes people misinterpret it, or, or really still do, uh, as, well, you know, God understands. Paul even said, it's okay for me to do everything, not worry about it. Nope, that ain't what he said. So listen to everything we say, okay? Paul said, for I know that in me, that is, in, in my flesh now, nothing good dwells. For to will is present within me. But how to perform what is good? I can't find it. So I really know what I need to do. And, but I, I just can't put my, I can't figure it out, he said. He said, because, you know, in my flesh, I know that it, my flesh brings nothing good to the table. And then if you go over to verse 23, he said, but I, but I also see, now we, we're going on a little short, short field trip, okay? He said, but I also see another law inside my members. And he's talking about his body, you know. He said, and, and, and it's, it's the, a law that's like a big fight going on. He, and he uses the word warring. He, he said, warring against the law of my mind. That means my body said, oh, do it. It feels good. Everybody's doing it. Come on, pop. Jump in with everybody else. But my mind said, no, boy, uh-uh-uh-uh. No, you know that ain't right. The law says you shall not. You shall not. You shall not. So you see the struggle right there? How many in this room, let's take a quick pop quiz. Now, this pop quiz is different than other pop quiz. When somebody raises their hand, you pop them because they shouldn't know. Listen, how many of you have ever, either prior to the cross or after the cross, you have done something that you wanted to do, but you knew it was not right? Everybody ought to be slapping one another. You see what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. Hey, my name's Paul, and that's just the way we go. Paul said, listen, in my mind there's a law, and in my body there's a law, there's a war going on, and I want to do this, but I know I shouldn't do this, and this is where it gets to. He says, and, and it brings me into captivity. We hate that. We just talked about prisons, y'all. He said, and it brings me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my body, in my members. He said, so it's like I'm captured. And then we're talking about a person who has literally seen the light of Jesus. And so we're not talking about somebody that's struggling and deciding whether or not they want to get saved and be a part of a church. This man is blazing a trail and writing part of the Bible. You hear me? 
And he is admitting openly, telling us, hey, y'all, look, I know it's hard. It's really hard to keep your mind up here in heaven. He said, because there's always a war going on telling you to be cool, blend in, do what feels good. There's nothing wrong with that anymore. He's telling us all these things, and our mind said, you know, that ain't right. You know that ain't right. You've read that before. You used to not do that. You know that's not right. The last time you didn't give in, but this time you gave in. Paul said, so I get it. I know it. But then, so it's not all bad. Because here's the good part. I, I, we've just been transparent. You ready? He says, verse 25, I thank God. Knowing all this is going on. All He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And before I take you on the step two, I just want to tell you, church, because a lot of people do, and you, you, you may have heard this term, they use things like this as permission or license to sin, or a lot of people call it abusing grace and all that. What God is saying, and I just want to try to make it, you know, opified a little bit here. Uh, no, it doesn't. But at the same time, I will tell you, and this may be the only thing somebody gets. Don't ever give up on God because God knows how you're wired and he knows how you're made. And he knows things like this goes on, but keep on going. Don't stop. Because a lot of times we come out the gate swinging and we think, well, I, I did that. I, I, I knew it. I did it. Or somebody, you know, some religious person helps us out and points out that we did that. Can I get a witness on that part, by the way? Oh, yeah, some good spirit-filled Christian will help you along the way and kick you on out the door. So Jesus says, hey, listen, I know how it is. That's why Paul was inspired to write this. But what you do, you learn when you fall, don't fall that way again. He said, and I thank God that I'm still going to keep my mind up here even when my body falls down there. And then maybe the next time it, it, it won't happen. Number two, the reason that you need to keep your mind set up here on things above is because there is really more change that's going to come. There's a lot of changing that's already taken place over the past several years and decades and centuries. But it's getting worse. And if you read, now I'm not going to read the whole first chapter of Romans, Paul's writing. We were in chapter 7 now. I'm making a reference to chapter 1. But I, I want you to understand this. And this kind of backs up everything I just told you about not, not using it as a license to, to do wrong. He did not cut any corners or mince words in what I'm about to read to you out of chapter 1. And he's talking about people that did take the Bible and manipulate God or, or they tried to manipulate what God said or, or, or all this through their actions. He says, and these people are the ones that change the truth of God for 
the lie. And they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So that means they kind of push God way out of the picture. And whatever felt good, they did that. And I will tell you, if you study uh, that Roman culture during that time, you will see that they had everything, you know, uh, a modern term would be, now I'm not going to say the one familiar term, but I'm just going to say, can I say brothel? Don't make me go farther than that. Now, y'all looking at me like you don't know what I'm, when I say brothel, do you know what I'm meaning? As my friend said, love for sale. Okay, do you get it now? Okay, oh yeah, thank you. I am glad Jimbo is with me. <clears throat> you don't want to let somebody down that drove from Salisbury down to, to not get it. So I want Jimbo to get this. But he had me on brothel. I knew he did. But listen, in that culture, check this out. Now, not only did they have things like that, but they had places just like that that men carried on the same kind of way, the same kind of actions. And they were even times when places of worship were turned into things like this. And so the culture back then looked just as sickening as it does and perverted as it does right now. That's why a lot of people, uh, if you would, you know, look into the Bible and look at how things have happened over time, you'll see that all Satan has done, listen to me, all he has done is just take it and keep recycling the same old sins, the same old pleasures, the same old desires. He just and, and, and now he gets the government involved. He gets school systems involved. He gets entertainment. Don't nobody get mad at me today. I'm here to preach the truth. He gets all this involved to condone it and make it look good. And he puts people out here that we look up to, or we spend money to go buy movie tickets to watch them, or we buy magazines to gloat over them. And, and he uses them to endorse the same thing he's been doing for hundreds of years. Nothing new, nothing new, same old thing. But now it's, it's becoming a way, a way of living and a way of life all over the place. And so there's more change to come means this. People are constantly, and I, I, maybe I've been way too wordy there, but you'll know what I mean when I say this uh, because I'm not going to play around. People have done everything from change the truth of what marriage is into a lie. People have also redefined what rights are, what, what wrongs are. And we said this yesterday, I don't know what state it was, if it was our state. Now listen to me, I'm preaching, I'm not being political or anything. I'm preaching, I'm called to preach the word, not give you the 7 o'clock newscast, okay? But we just heard this week, the latter part of this week in a newscast, that, uh, and I think it might be here in North Carolina somewhere where they needed to do something because they need to add 400 and something more beds 
to the, that local prison system or whatever, and you know, of course, that's more money and more everything. And, and what has happened now, uh, if you can just make it alive out of the womb, you don't have to worry about living any kind of way because you are going to be protected. You've got more rights if you live and you do wrong and you commit all kind of, not sin, but you break the law. You are more protected and guarded than if you just live a pure, holy life. Now, I don't mean spiritually. I mean, but just as a citizen. You are protected. Money is spent to protect you, to feed you, to house you and clothe you. And I believe in about the reentry program and all that. I've been a part of all of that stuff. But what I'm telling you that our times have changed because used to people paid for what they did. Amen. If you did wrong, you paid a price that you connected the wrong of your doing if you lived through it, and, and you knew, okay, I should not have taken that man's bag of potatoes sitting on his porch because either you spent years or you had to work rigorous on the side of the road somewhere or, uh, you know, you watched your life uh, be taken away or something, and, and you just had to, you really reap what you sow. That doesn't happen now. And, and now everything that's wrong is protected, and people have so many rights, unless you are an unborn baby. Now, see, I'm, I'm not getting political. I'm just telling you how jacked up, whacked up of a country and a, and a time you're living in. A poor little baby does not have any rights. But used to, murder was wrong in or outside of the womb. See, I know y'all don't like this, but God did not send you nor me here to lie. I don't care if you are blue and you are really wanting Bernie or Pete the wind. I'm not going to call the name. Or you are upset because your person's out. Or you think Trump is going to come in and save the day. Or you think that, oh, all this... I don't care how distracted you are as a Christian right now, and you're distracted, don't get offended at that. If you are so into that and, and you're not into this, and what I'm telling you, honey, you're distracted. You can huff and puff and blow your house down, but you're distracted because you are not aware of the times and the seasons we're living in. You know what? I might ought to just shut my Bible and shut my mouth and let them do it because I don't think this is going anywhere today. I don't know. I, I, I don't mean for you to do that. I'm being dead serious right now. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not here to campaign or promote or do anything, push any agenda of the church or anything. But I want you to understand what the Lord has sent me two weeks in a row to let the people that are here know. You're living in a real world that's either ran by a Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. Do y'all understand that? And not everything that says, Lord, Lord's going to enter into heaven. I don't care how many stripes around a robe it's got. I don't care how many Sunday school pins it's got. I don't care how much of the Bible it knows, how many seminary degrees it's got. I don't care about any of that. 
What I'm telling you, you're living in an evil, cruel world, and unless your head is out of that garbage up here, you are sucked in and soaked in by it. We're not of this world. And that's why you got to understand, there's going to be more change that's going to, there's going to be more of the truth that's going to continue to change into a lie. And this is why your head cannot be down here and mine can't be down here. I don't care if every other church in our whole state, people, well, it's okay, you know. People have gradually been accustomed to that and been groomed to that, and now it's all okay. You know, when we were growing up, we grew up in the clothesline era, and a lot of people bashed that, and they called it legalism, and there was a lot of that because a lot of those people were not saved, but a bunch of them were, and they live right. And I preach this a lot of times. But at least back then, people's mind stayed on God all the time. Well, how can you say that? Because they were always involved in the things that centered around God and what was going on in the church. They did. I'm preaching. I don't even, I, I, I'm just preaching today, man. I'm preaching. If I'm going to be sick, then the devil's going to hear my stinking redneck sounding voice. You hear me? So I just ain't going to sit down and blow my nose all day. I'm going to preach, suggested or not. So you got to get your mind up here because this is war down here. And it's only going to get worse. Well, well, I remember when they, you know, they took prayer out of school. And see, all this, the truth, and it's all about rights, but it's really all about wrongs. And you got to get your head out up here, okay? Now, and, and you have to understand that when you make your mind up, like we did the bed last week, and you set your mind up here, then guess what happens? Setting up my mind on things above, in heavenly places, pure, holy thoughts, the things where Christ's seat is, where, where I'm supposed to be thinking, and, and thinking the way God is thinking right now. God's not, he's not involved. He don't care about the economy and about... All these things that everybody is just so worked. He doesn't care about politics. He doesn't care about. He's, he's is God over every government, everywhere, church. What God is thinking about, how many people are going to rescue a few more people this week before there's no longer opportunities to rescue people? That's the things God is thinking about. And he knows, and this is what I want to tell you, number three, is when you set your mind up, and you make your mind up, this is what I'm going to do every day of my life because down here has not changed at all. In fact, it's got a little bit worse. They've changed something else overnight. They've changed something else. They've weakened everything else. And see, the government's done that, and it's crept into the body of Christ. And, you know, and that's why I went back to when I made that clothesline statement. Now, everything you can think of is completely okay in the church. Unless the people that used to not be okay with things, until you get to a thing that they currently are not affected by or offended by. And so when you say, well, I'm not going to let all the changing of the lie yeah, it's still wrong. It's not good. It's not Bible. It's not holy. I'm get, And you say, I'm not going to stay down here. I am not going to be a friend of this world and an enemy of the cross. I'm not going to do that. 
So I'm going to set my mind up here, and, and I, I'm going to do this every day. So here we are. This is where we're going. This is a good field trip, by the way. There's just no air on the bus, and we've had to let all the windows down. Y'all get me? Does anybody ever remember riding a bus like that, by the way? Oh, my word. In the afternoon, after everybody had P.E. and they sweated. That bus with the governor on it couldn't get home fast enough, could it? It's a good field trip because when you set your mind up here, it doesn't matter how hellish this world gets. Guess what that equals? That's the same thing as you living in victory. Paul said this. We own Paul today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. He said, but thanks be to God. It's the second time I've read this passage like this to you. He said, he, in spite of all this, he said, but thanks be to God, though, because he gives us the victory, you see. My flesh is always warring. This world's always changing things. Everybody's pulling everybody away from the cross and what's right and what's holy and what's wholesome. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory that understand this. He said, through our Lord Jesus Christ. I may not be able to change what's going on down here, but I sure can get my head out of it. And I thank you, God, that through Jesus Christ, I'm not sucked in and my mind's not warped and dull like everybody else. I thank you, God, for that. So see, when you're down here, you just take what you get. It might feel good for a little while, and the Bible says it does. But then, oh, the torment. And all that comes in, and, and you know, it's all good, but, but it ain't right. And God says, okay, listen, I, I, I got a way out, because you're going to be, and I wanna, I'm speaking this into Pat, I'm speaking this into Ed's mama, I'm speaking this into all of you today, or I'm speaking it to you. Listen, you may be down here, and it's bad, and all this, but I tell you right now, God wants you to know if you don't get anything out of this today, there is a way of escape out of this world that you're in. And what I said I'm speaking to in is, he says, and as long as you're here, you're not leaving here, by the way, until I say so, you have an appointment with me, and you will not go until I'm through. But I've got a lot of packaging going on that's packaged around you and in you, and even though you're in this world, I told you this part last week, you're just not of this world, and you just got to get your head out of the war and up here where it's safe. In the, in the safe zone up here in heaven where I am and think on the, all the things that are up here. He said, and then, he said, that stuff won't catch you. It won't get you. He said, and, and this, unless uh, those days were shortened, this is why this is critical. No flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So see, that's why I say more change is coming. It's only going to get worse. But in Philippians 4, 8, Paul said this right here. He said, finally, brethren, now check this out. I, I, th this is a great description right here in the word. He said, whatever thing. So, so what do I think on? Okay, okay, I don't want all this. It is changing. I've seen it change so many times just in my lifespan. He said, so what do I do? He said, well, this is what you do. Brethren, sisters, church, hallelujah, you start thinking on whatever things are true. 
How many of you know it's wrong to kill? Raise your hand. That's the truth. I don't care if it's a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent, or a write-in candidate. If it's wrong, it's wrong. So you divorce your little political life, and you embrace the cross of Jesus Christ, and you say, wait a minute. My mind's going to be on the truth. I'm not in this world. So you start thinking on things that are true. You think on things that are noble, wholesome. He said, whatever things are just, right. Right thing, just, just, just right. Whatever things are pure. See, there's so much impurity down here. And, you know, I, I want to stop for a minute right in the middle of this right here. We're not going to go anywhere with this, but, but listen. I want to speak to every, every student that's in any phase of learning. And I mean as young as kindergarten, kindergarten, or first grade up to high school, college, continuing your education. This is especially challenging, but not impossible for you because you are, you are around a group. That's over there. You are around a group of people, even in those young classes, that are inundated with technology and everything from every vulgar thing we used to think explicit music was bad oh my word uh that's mr rogers now i mean you cannot imagine church and a lot of you don't you know you don't know what i'm talking about right now but you would you would blush in your face if you knew what these students were exposed to and a lot of them may even be in involved in right now and so what the preacher wants you to know I'm not fussing at you student I'm telling you that if you want to if you want to survive if you want to survive this is what you're going to have to do and it ain't what Opie said it's what the word says whatever things are pure that's what you need to think on whatever things are unpure you might you're going to have to kill that hazer right this second because uh Y'all might think that my appointment was right now and I'm walking in the clouds and I'm not going to finish the message. I'm preaching. He's in the clouds. Everybody can laugh, but when Rick laughs, it really does something for me, though. Um, and I, I want you to know we pray for you all the time. And if you don't, you need to start that today. We pray for our students all the time. And I want you to know this. There's a great feature installed on every phone you can think of. There's a great feature that's installed, check this out now, on every app that relates to every phone. Are you ready for it? It's called delete. It's called delete. Listen to me. You listen to the preacher right now. I had rather for you to be hopscotching with me down the streets of glory because you deleted today and you get heckled uh, the rest of your school days than for you to have to look up from hell and say, I wish that preacher up there had made it clear and how serious it was. So delete, man. Look. 
Be a fool for Christ's sake, young lady. Do whatever you have to do. Whatever things are pure, that's what you need to be thinking on. That's what needs to be filtering through your phone. Let them call you names. Let them make fun of you. Let them understand why something don't come through to you anymore. You do what, and I wouldn't even plan on doing this. But whatever things are pure, that's what you need to be doing. Whatever things, folks, that are lovely, that's what you need to be thinking on. Whatever things are of good report. Again, technology, the mainstream media does not have anything good to report. Amen? But God's word is full of good report. But thanks be to Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Hallelujah. Amen? Whatever things are of good report, I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength. Whatever things are of good report, and if there is any virtue in anything, praiseworthy. That's where your mind needs to be because that's what's up in heaven. And you are to meditate on these, think on these things, meditate on these things. And Paul went on to say, he said, and you know, God has raised us up together and made us all sit together. Listen to this. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God's raised you up out of this world and he's given you access to be able to put your mind in heaven where there's good, pure, holy thought, heavenly things going on. And you can survive without getting sucked in. And I told you last Sunday, I think, or two weeks ago, it might have been two weeks ago, I said the longer we live until the Lord returns or calls us home, and I, this is a blanket statement here, the harder it's going to be for you to get up and attend a house of worship every week. Because the pull, like Paul said, it's a war going on. I know I ought to go to church, but we're going to run off and do this today. I know we got church in the morning, but I know we could schedule this any other day, but let's do this on Sunday. Does anybody feel me right here? It's going to get harder. It's going to, and look, don't even think I'm judging or criticizing anybody here or anybody not here or who might come or whatever. You just hang around, man. You're going to find your own self in a battle trying to get out of it, but you can't. And you know what? I want, I want to do something. And this is really the fourth point, okay? This is something I want to do. I want to, to let you know that not only can you put your head where your body just can't get to right now, but one day, one day, folks, Paul said this, he said, you know, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. He also said, for me to live is Christ, but man, to die, oh my word. He said, that's really gaining right now. But until then, this is what we have to do, and you need to listen. We've got to bear each other up. We've got to pray for each other. And that's what I, I, I want to tell you that you need to do. You, you need to know that you are always being prayed for. 
Did everybody catch that part? You're always being lifted up. What do you mean, preacher? We haven't really met yet. Doesn't matter. I walk, I walk down, around, I make laps in this church by myself. I'll anoint myself in behalf of people. And I'm not the only person that prays, so I'm not trying to throw anything this way. But I say, God, I want you to touch every person that's attached, associated, in, out, thinking about Multitudes Church. God, I, I, I pray over the students. I pray, God, you know what they're going through. I pray over all that. And I, I'm going to pray a prayer, and then we're going to play a prayer. And I want you to close your eyes because, listen, get your mind a lot of people tell, you know, in the sports, get your mind in the game, man. Come on, get your mind in the game. Really. See, it's a game to this world. I'm telling you to get your mind out of this game people are playing down here. Get your mind out today on the 8th of March. Get your mind out of the game and put it up into heavenly places, all right? And, and I'm going to pray this for you because, look, we got some good stuff ahead of us. Father, I pray over every single person today in this place because, God, people are just like Paul and there is a great war going on all over the place all the time.